I started the podcast around the end of October of 2020. Prior to that, I was hosting two other podcasts, The Gerard Files and The Raycast for the last decade or so. Those episodes are still available and I periodically continue to create episodes. But those prior podcasts were mostly about tech, business, and culture. When I created the Rookie Runners podcast, I decided to focus on running only, a subject that I'm very passionate about. And I'm really interested in learning more about it. So essentially, the Rookie Runners podcast is a labor of love. And I enjoy learning about other people's running journeys and their why for running. So that's how the uh, Rookie Runners podcast came to be. You are listening to episode 16 of the Rookie Runners podcast. Welcome aboard. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome to the Rookie Runners podcast, a show that explores the challenges and conversations runners are having as they begin their running journey. We run to become the best versions of ourselves, embrace the process, and enjoy each and every step. Now, here's your host, Ray Gerard. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your presence. Even though you are there and I am here, it's still a connection, right? (laughs) Do you remember when you first started running? I think we all do. We also remember the ups and downs, the wins, the losses, the injuries, when we took a break, when we restarted, etc., etc. I was a runner back in high school, but afterwards I didn't run for decades. Just started running again four years ago. The point that I'm illustrating is that you can start and restart running at any time. My guest today in segment two is Alan McCollum. Alan is an avid runner that I'm also glad to call my friend. He started running later in life at the age of 55, and I think his running journey has been simply amazing. Although he might beg to differ with me about that amazing part, but wait till you hear his story. I think you'll agree with me that his journey has been simply amazing. It doesn't matter when you start. You can always make something great out of your running journey. I'm reminded of a quote I read recently that is attributed to the great runner, the late Steve Prefontaine. He said, A race is a work of art that people can look at and be affected in as many ways as they are capable of understanding. And I think running itself is similar. We're all affected by running in many ways. Each way is specific to the individual. Up next in segment two, my interview with Alan McCullough. I'll be right back. Hello, Alan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ray. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, yes, definitely. You and I, we have a few things in common. Besides being avid runners, we are also team members at Point2 Running Company. That's right. right. Yep. And uh, as you know, I don't know if you know this, but I joined the team about a year and a half ago, and my experience as a customer prior to joining is what got me interested and joining the team. I came in for a gait analysis and a fitting, and the uh, service was so good 
And I said, hey, I want to be a part of this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one thing led to another, and here I am. What about you? You joined the team about nine years ago, right? Yeah, I did. Um, it's hard to believe it's been that long, but yeah, it's been nine years. Um, mm-hmm. I'd uh, retired from full-time work and decided I wanted to uh, keep working part-time, so I started looking for something to do. Um, a few years earlier, I'd gotten into running and had a couple of marathons under my belt, so I thought, hey, how about working at a running store? So the store just opened maybe six months before, so I went in there and uh, filled out an application, and luckily they took me on, and it's been the blast the, the whole time, really. I mean, I've had a great time working there. I'm sure you experienced the same thing. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yes, I um, agree, especially we, we're yeah. doing something that we love. You know, we, we yeah. run, so we talk to runners. A uh, special shout-out to the Point Two team, the entire team. Yeah. I don't want to name yeah. any names because I might miss a few people, so <laughs> the entire team. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I learned a lot about running um, since I've been working there. Obviously, just with the shoes and all the equipment and everything, but I also learned a lot about um, runners themselves, you know, that they come in all shapes, sizes, capability, and age groups, but they all share common interests like we do. So, um, yes, it's indeed. just a great, it's just a great work. And one thing I really kick I get out of it is I, uh, you know, if somebody comes in new uh, runner or something, but we do walkers too. You know that, of course. And we yes. put them in, and we we put them in some really good shoes for the first time. And I love seeing the expressions um, when they put on some shoes and realize what they've been missing. So yes. it's a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, I work in there. I I hope they'll keep me there forever. But um, you know, <laughs> some people in there, some people in there say that. Um, I'm old enough to be a Civil War veteran, so I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be there. So we'll see. But that's no, a great fun. It, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hey, you're running marathons, so you know you you're still very in very good shape, and uh, yeah. you're doing very well. And prior yeah. prior to running and point two, you were a flight officer with the U.S. Navy, right? Now retired. Yeah, I had a really good uh, 21 year career with the Navy, and then uh, another 11 as a Navy civil servant. So I was really privileged to wear the uniform and. Uh, remember those days fondly and with a great deal of pride. And one thing I would ask, if they mm-hmm. thought you might bring this up, is uh, you know, all those listening, if they could periodically say a prayer for our servicemen and women who are currently serving our country. If they could do that, that would uh, be great. Yes, I agree with that, Alan. And thank you for your service. For thank sure. you. Let's get into your amazing running journey. Uh, when did you start running and what made you decide to start running? Well, I don't know if I'd call it really amazing, but uh, at least the first part <laughs> of my, um, my running journey. Um, I don't really have a inspiring story about getting into running like a lot of other people do it's um sort of happened by accident and mm-hmm. to be honest with you it's a little bit embarrassing um i was not much of an athlete growing up and during my navy years i was good enough to pass the yearly physical fitness test but not in an exemplary fashion i i just got through let's say let's put it that way so um Around my mid-50s, I thought I was getting a little overweight. Not a lot, a lot. I heard a lot of people were a little bit more overweight than me, but I decided I wanted to lose about 30 pounds or so. Mm-hmm. So um, I started watching my calories and started taking some spinning classes. And over a year, I lost 33 pounds. Again, not a lot, but um, I was feeling pretty good. One night while I was out with friends uh, in around 2008, some of us got to talking about running. Not sure why this came up, but we were talking about a lot of stuff and running came up. And by the end of the night, we had decided that for some reason, it would be a good idea to run a half marathon. None of us had run more than the 5K or mile and a half before that. So um, I must admit probably that adult beverages may have had some influence on this decision. <laughs> okay. So, so, so um, but that did. In any case, four of us signed up onto this idea. And um, four days after I turned 55, I ran the Virginia Beach Rock and Roll Half Marathon. 
So I'd never run a marathon. I've never run a race before. So this was definitely a step up, especially running in the heat and humidity on Labor Day yes. weekend in Virginia Beach. You know how that is. Oh, it's, sure. it's pretty hot and warm. Mm-hmm. You've run that race before, I think, haven't you? I have. I have. It is pretty yeah. warm. Not too many runners so, like it. <laughs> no, no. So although, although it wasn't a great race, and at the end I said that I would never do anything like that again, as I'm sure many people have, uh, I enjoyed the excitement and camaraderie, so I guess I was hooked at that time. Um, so much so that I ran my first full marathon six months after that Virginia Beach rock and roll half, and it's been a part of my life for the past 13 years. So again, not an inspiring story. Um, <laughs> it just kind of happened by accident, but it's uh, an accident that I'm glad that happened. Oh, sure. And you know, Alan, I've met several people like yourself who started running later in life. How was the transition from not running most of your life to becoming a consistent runner? You said that you started running at 55. What was your motivation yeah. to kind of stick with it? Um, it? It was kind of challenging, the transition from not really running much to uh, to running more often. But I embraced it because I wanted to maintain my fitness. I'd lost those few pounds there uh, over a year, and I didn't want to uh, gain that back. And also, I didn't have any, really have any time goals in mind once I started doing racings, races. Mm-hmm. Just, just wanted to be able to do the best I could whenever I was training for or running a race. I heard a, a quote once, you don't have to be extreme, just consistent. So I wasn't trying to be extreme. I just wanted to be consistent and try and turn that consistency into a habit. And I guess I found that. So uh, That's it right. got to be a habit. Yeah, it got to be a habit. And um, and it's now is one I don't want to break. So I keep that habit going. First few years, I was working full time. So it was a little more challenging to get runs in. Mm-hmm. So I spent, spent a lot of days running in the dark to get my miles in. And a lot of people probably do that. Uh, but it got a little easier once I started working part-time. But I still love running early in the morning better than almost any other time of day. Sure. And you said it. Con- consistency <laughs> is key. You know, if you're consistent, you can accomplish a lot in this running journey. Yeah. yeah I also, I mean, my consistency, I, I kind of attribute that to my specific goals. Um, I'm a person I need to look up look forward to something than to train towards. So if I don't, I tend not to have the drive to get out consistently and do the tougher runs. So I'm always looking ahead to see what races are coming up so I can get on a training schedule to prepare for that race. It helps me a lot. Um, 2020's been tough in that regard. Yes, it has. As you can understand, since there were no live races to get ready for. And after I finished the One City Marathon in March, um, there was really nothing. So I, I still found myself running quite a bit, but not as much mileage and quality miles. Mm-hmm. as I would. So to get out of this mindset, um, I told myself that I would do a virtual marathon in March and started a training plan, um, which has helped a lot over the last two to three months. So looking forward to running another 26.2 here in a few weeks. Excellent. And you've been running for about 10 to 12 years. And along the way, you decided to dive into long distance running along your journey. So to date, you've run 19 marathons, 39 half marathons, and several 5Ks and 10Ks, and a few ultras even. And most importantly, you've had the opportunity to run at least one marathon in each of the seven continents. Congratulations on that. That's an extraordinary achievement. When and how did the decision to run the seven continents come about? Well, it, 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 didn't something that, it wasn't something I started out to do when I started running. It just sort mm-hmm. of started and then steamed rolled. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and... In 2012, I'd completed three marathons here in the U.S. Um, a few years earlier, my daughter had lived in Ireland for a short period, and I'd visited her over there and loved the country. So I decided to go over there with her and a few friends and um, 
while there, I said, well, I might as well run the Dublin Marathon, which was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. And uh, right after that race, one of my other friends who uh, lived in Dubai wanted me to come visit. And he'd heard about me running quite a bit. So said, hey, there's a marathon in Dubai. So why not come visit me then? So three months after Dublin, I hopped a flight to Dubai to visit my friend and ran the marathon there. I get back from Dubai and one of my coworkers at Point Two uh, said she was going to visit friends in Cape Town, South Africa and was planning to run the Two Oceans 56K race while there and wanted to know if I wanted to go along. So at this time, you know, my family's saying, what are you doing running all over the country here? I mean, all, all the world, going to all these places. So after <laughs> right. some discussion some discussion with my family, I said, what the heck? And off I went to South Africa. Then while down in Cape Town, I heard about this Seven Continents Club for people who run marathons or half marathons on all seven continents. Mm-hmm. And since I already had four under my belt by then, it wasn't too far of a stretch to say I needed to try and join this club. So, so after that, I did Antarctica in 2015 and went down to Chile and then the Patagonia International Marathon the ne- in 2017. And then 2018, did the Queenstown Marathon in New Zealand to complete the seven continents. So, again, it didn't start out as a goal. It just kind of steamrolled after I started doing that. Okay, got you. And what was your favorite and most memorable of the uh, seven continents? Uh, the seven continents would have to be um, the Patagonia. Um, okay. The, the scenery was just it was just stunning for the entire 26.2 miles with the mountains and lakes. Um, wow. Even though the last 20 miles was into a 25 to 35 mile per hour headwind with higher gusts, it was just an amazing, amazing run. Mm-hmm. And part of it was just, it's just, it's, it's way down there where nobody goes very often. So it took me uh, four plane rides, uh, taxis, two buses, and a van ride to get there. So just getting down there was a challenge. Oh, my goodness. It's just uh, just so isolated. It was just just a beautiful place down there. And I just found out recently there's there's a marathon held in Antarctica. How was that one? Was was the weather okay when you ran it? Yeah, it was good. I um, listened to your podcast last week with the gentleman who – who'd run that, that, uh, Antarctica marathon. Yes. I kind of agree with what he said. It was, um, it was chilly. I, uh, I agree. He said he didn't look at the temperature and I didn't either. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling, <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling it was around 30 degrees or so. Um, part of the race for us, uh, the snow or was too bad in parts of the course. So we had to, um, do six out and backs, which is, not the optimum way to run a marathon. It gets kind of tiring doing, you know, six out and backs. Yeah, um, I can imagine. And and also it was it was windy as well. Not as windy as um, as Patagonia. But the concern is when you go that far is um, you you take little uh, boats to the to the shore there, and the captain of the ship, if it winds gets too too bad that they they can't get you back on on ship, they will sound a horn and they may. The threat is that you have to um, you cut your race short. So you have to go – you hate to go all the way down there and don't finish, but that was in the back of everybody's mind is when you're running this marathon, that cap, that horn's going to sound, the captain's going to – ship's going to call you back, and you're going to have to go back to the ship without finishing the marathon. But luckily, we got it all done, and it worked out all right, although a couple of years after I went, I know they couldn't do it, so people did the marathon on the ship on a treadmill, so that was – it must not have been much fun. Wow. <laughs> On the treadmill. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary achievement, Alan. And yeah. we have many new runners listening. And uh, what is your best advice to those that are just starting out or even those that have been running for a year or two that need some encouragement to stay the course? 
Well, I guess, I mean, based on my age, I guess we we'll want people to know that you can start this sport at any age. Um, yes. Uh, you see people out there like me with gray hair out there running, say, so don't be limited in your age. If you think you're in your 40s or 50s, look at somebody like me and say, hey, if he's running, I can go out there and run. Um, you, just, you just have to have the desire for whatever your reason is for running, just the desire so you can go out there and do it. Um, the main thing I tell people, my mantra is kind of to take it easy. Um, and this, for me, that means three things. First of all, take it easy when you start. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to run too fast initially when you just start running or you're going to get discouraged or injured. And you don't want that to happen because you'll just quit. Um, I, I recommend starting with a run-walk technique and gradually build up. Um, so just don't don't take it easy when you start. Secondly, take it easy for the start of most of your runs. Um, I always look at the first mile of a run, especially if I'm doing like track speed or pace workouts as a warm-up to get um, get my muscles going and just you know get things going. Don't try and start out too fast. All of my training plans emphasize this approach. And uh, lastly, again, take it easy for the beginning of races. If uh, if you do get into racing, racing, uh, take it easy the first few miles. I learned my very first half the importance of this. Um, Start two easy. of my training part, mm-hmm. yeah. Two of my training partners took off like bats out of hell, mm-hmm. <laughs> faster faster than we had been training in. Okay. And I tried to and I tried to keep up. Um, at five miles, I was I was done, but I struggled through the last you know eight miles. Uh, but you know, when you start races with the crowds, the adrenaline and everything else, it's so easy to take off fast. Um, when I'm, when I'm doing a, a marathon or half marathon, what I usually try to do to uh, counteract this is to drop back a couple of corrals. Um, so I'll start a little bit slower with a slower group. So that, mm-hmm. that helps me to be a little bit slower at the start. Um, and then pick it the up. goal is, yeah, the goal is I always say, I mean, all these training plans to do, you know, negative split site. I have to admit, I haven't been very good at that, but right now I'm just happy if I can keep a constant splits throughout the race. But again, just take it easy, whether you're first starting, you're, you're, you're racing, or if you're just doing your training runs, just, just start out easy. Yes, I agree with that. I've only done two marathons so far, but I, I it, it's not an easy experience. You have to start easy and uh, really grow into it. You ran the Boston Marathon, right? You, you hired a coach before running that one. Did you find that the coaching brought you some structure uh, to your training uh, that was missing before? How, how did that work out for you? Yeah, it worked out well. I've, that was the first time I'd hired a coach, but um, I figured that since I'd gotten into Boston, um, I I wanted to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I hired a coach. A lot of people had used before, and I hired a coach. And what he did was he added more structure to my training, um, he had, he added in much more gym and core training, which I hadn't done much of at the time, but I, I know it's really important. I would have to say the hardest thing for me to do is the strength and core training. So he, he set out a plan for me and to make sure I got into the gym and started doing that. Yes. I've been something I constantly need to do more, more often, but I, I just need to make it as much of a habit as running has become. And it's something I keep working on all the time. It's just trying to do more strength training. And, and the coach really got me into doing that. Uh, so I was in the best running shape of my life after, um, after having Boston. the coach. Uh, yeah, after Boston. I, 
I have to admit, I didn't do as well as I wanted to at Boston, but it wasn't because of coaching. It's just something didn't work out that day for me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I just started paying closer attention to my strength training routine. I'm, I'm trying to hit the gym at least twice a week so I can yeah. strengthen the core a little bit more. Yeah, I, yeah, so I see you on the Instagram and everything. Yeah, you're, it looks like you're doing great work. Yeah, I'm trying, doing my best. <laughs> Consistency, again, you got to yeah. stay with it. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about running shoes, since you and I, we, we kind of, uh, we're in that environment. In the past four years, I've run in Hoka, Ultra, Brooks, and on. Each shoe offers a different benefit, in my opinion. Uh, do you have a particular go-to running shoe that has worked well for you over the years? Yeah, well, not really. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was going to say yes right off the top of my head, but no, but no, not really. Um, okay. You just need to find, like you said, find a shoe that works best for you. Um, yes everyone's different and that's why there are so many different brands and shoes within each brand itself um, i've run races in a variety of shoes um, the problem i have is that if i find a shoe i really love uh, every nine months or so as you all know the shoe companies tweak their shoes a little bit they sure do uh, and i find a shoe that i loved before when they do that slight tweaking i don't like quite as much so then I have to go out and find another shoe that I like. Uh, right now, I'm primarily running in Saucony, Brooks, and Hoka. Um, but again, like we discussed earlier, the, the main thing is for a new runner who's never been fitted to go into a specialty running store, get fitted, and try on different shoe brands. And they'll find the right shoe uh, once they go to a place like that. Exactly. And I, I agree with you that uh, the best shoe is the one that's best suited to the uh, customer's needs or the runner's yeah. needs, of course. Yeah. And finally, Alan, 2020 was a tough year for all of us in yeah. terms of not having yeah. the same running and racing opportunities and, as in previous years. I'm really looking forward to better days up ahead. What's yeah. up yeah. ahead for you? What, what, what are your goals moving forward? Yeah, I agree. It's been a tough year. And, um, mm -hmm. and I mentioned some of the uh, motivational issues I've had since I haven't had any races to, to train for. Yeah. But again, um, this will pass, and we'll all get back into running races if that's what we want to do. What I'm really looking forward to doing is getting back to running with other people. Um, yes. I, I do enjoy my early morning solo runs, but in essence, we're a communal society and like being with other people. Um, I've, been, I've been really careful about running with others over the past year and, and really haven't run with more than a couple people uh, not on a regular basis. I've just been really careful and running mostly by myself, uh, but I know I run better with other people. And I think that other people have the same experiences. Um, race wise, I like to do Boston one more time. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of people we're waiting to see what they're going to do this year. Uh, the races in the fall again this year, uh, uh, hopefully do it in person, but uh, they may have to do it virtual, but um, I'd like to do that again. It's just the crowds at Boston are just amazing. Um, couple of other races I like to do. I was, I was stationed with the Royal Air Force in the Highlands of Scotland in the mid-80s. Great time. Oh, yeah. And and I want to go back and run the Loch Ness Marathon over there. Okay. Just run, running along the shores of Loch Ness. Um, I've never been an ultra runner before. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of ultra runners in our in our running store who run 50, 100 miles or so. But, we sure um, do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't, I can't believe they do that, but it's just amazing how many miles they put in. And, uh, they are amazing. I'm astounded, I'm astounded that they are good. Um, but I turned 70 in a couple of years, so mm -hmm. what I'd like to do is try and run a 70-miler uh, uh, after I turn 70. Okay. May happen, may happen, may not happen. But if so many people around me that do that, I'm sure I can get some help. 
That's a good uh, goal. And I think it will yeah. happen. And like yeah. you, I, I miss the group running. I, you are a uh, group run coordinator over at Point2 as well, right? Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. before this thing, uh, COVID thing happened, we were having up to 100 people for group runs. And yes. uh, I just love meeting with them every week and uh, talking to people and seeing how they're doing. And it's just, uh, it, you just build up camaraderie with people. And again, we're a communal society. So, you know, it's, it's good to meet with people and run with people and just uh, interact. Yes, indeed. And I'm looking forward to better days up ahead. I'm a, I tend to be an optimist. So yeah. uh, I think... Uh, better days are definitely coming so look forward to running uh, uh, together yeah. again soon yeah you're the group runner down at the our other store too so i'm sure you're looking forward to seeing some of those people again as well oh yes for sure well alan yeah. it's truly been a pleasure speaking with you i wish you the best moving forward i'd love to do an easy run with you someday uh, i'll make it a goal and we'll make it happen soon okay how's that sound that sounds great, Ray. I'd love to get together with you. So either I can come down there or you can come up here to the Yorktown uh, area and we could run around the battlefields, which is a great place to run. But, oh, yeah. uh, thanks for the discussion today. Oh, sure. I'd love to do that. Uh, I've never run okay. up there. So, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make it happen, okay? So, okay. Thank you so much, Alan. Stay safe and be well, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Ray. You're welcome. Take care. And welcome to segment three. This is where we wrap things up. Loved my conversation with Alan. Really enjoyed it. Great guy. Get to know him. He is on Instagram at alan.mccollum.12. Background music provided by Andre Louis, my good friend in the UK. You can find him on Twitter at onjmusic. Piece playing in the background is called Phantom Kicks. I call him Producer Extraordinaire. <laughs> the month of February is ending and March is upon us. Seems that 2021 is skipping right along, galloping right along. I've been stepping up my strength training regimen. I think it's important to add strength training to your routine as a runner, especially important for us older runners over 40. It will help prevent injury and keep you on the road a bit longer, for sure. And let's keep the conversation going. Catch the show on Instagram at... Rookie Runners Podcast. Also on Facebook, Rookie Runners Podcast. It's a public page. Jump right in, contribute. We'll be happy to have you. Also on Twitter, at runner underscore rookie. Website coming soon. In fact, if you're a web designer, please contact me. I need some ideas for a website design for the Rookie Runners podcast. Something dynamic. We can collaborate. 
DM me. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, until the next episode, stay safe, be well, and as I always say, run happy. Take care, folks.